You're listening to the St. John's Diamond Creek podcast. This episode presented by Associate Minister Julie Blinko. All right, tonight's reading is Luke chapter 12, 49 to 59, and can be found on page 846 in your Pew Bibles. I have come to bring fire on the earth, and how I wish it was already kindled. But I have a baptism to undergo, and what constraint I am under until it is completed. Do you think that I bring peace on earth? No, I tell you, I bring division. Now, from now on, there will be five in one family divided against each other, three against two and two against three. They will be divided, father against son, son against father, mother against daughter, daughter against mother, mother mother-in-law against daughter-in-law, and daughter-in-law against mother-in-law. And he said to the crowd, when you see a cloud rising in the west, immediately you say, it's going to rain, and it does. And when the south wind blows, you say, it's going to be hot. And it is. Hypocrites, you know how to interpret the appearance of the earth and the sky. How is it that you don't understand how to interpret this present time? Why don't you judge yourselves what is right? As you are going to bring with your adversary to the magistrate, try hard to be reconciled on the way or your adversary may drag you off to the judge and the judge turn you over to the officer and the officer throw you into prison. I tell you, you will not get out until you have paid the very last penny. And now Julie is going to bring us the sermon. Thank you. Thanks, Robin. I encourage you guys to keep your Bibles open if you want to follow along with me. Or for those that take notes when someone's speaking, which I do, um, I really encourage that as well. It both helps you stay awake, helps you stay focused, but it's also an anticipation that maybe God wants to speak to you tonight and you can write down what you hear and what you're thinking about for um, just, it's a good idea. I'm going to pray. Heavenly Father, It's a bit of a weighty sermon today, a bit of a weighty scripture, I should say. I pray that you would speak through me, help me to speak the truth in love, but also soften our hearts to what it is you want to tell us. In Jesus' name, amen. So I was um, on holidays last week in northern New South Wales, and I was playing with my nieces and nephews, there's a lot of them, on the beach. And after they'd chased the seagulls ad nauseum, I decided I need to calm them down just a little bit before I handed them back over to my brother. So I googled a song, kids song, and this is the one I came up with. Ready? 10 points if you know who sings it. Be strong and courageous, the Lord of the ages holds all his little ones close in his hands. Be strong and courageous, the Lord of the ages holds all his little ones near. Anyone? Colin, it's of course it's Colin, Colin Buchanan. So it's a beautiful song, these three and four-year-olds calmed down, you could tell they were just loving, giving themselves cuddles and thinking about how much they're loved by God. Um, It's a very affirming lullaby. But imagine if that song was put to the words of the passage we just heard Robin read out. Imagine, I've rewritten that song with the passage, this is how it goes. 
Oh, little hypocrites, you don't know the times. Division is coming and fire on earth. Oh, little hypocrites, your time is short. Families divided, the baptism of Christ. Oh, that's terrible, you're thinking. That would never bring a little person comfort. Far out, imagine if they were singing that as they're walking through the local shopping centre. Has anyone perhaps ever heard these words in a greeting card? Dear Mez, Merry Christmas. Just a season reminder that Jesus is coming to bring division. You might even sense it over Christmas lunch. Happy New Year. Love, Julie. Again, never a word that brings comfort or encouragement or makes you want to put it on a little, I don't know, Pinterest pinboard your, on your fridge or something to like bring you encouragement each day. So as we read these words of Christ, mind you, we have to think about, well, what was he getting at in saying things that seem quite harsh? We've been journeying, looking at trusting God with money, trusting God and don't worry, trusting God and don't fear, And Jesus is having a bit of a face-off with Israel. He's laying their heart bare and he's pointing out ways that they're not trusting in God and trying to teach them that. He shows us in this point to trust him in the midst of a spiritual conflict that's here. And he warns us there's going to come a price. There's going to be a costly division as we do. Now, if you're visiting today and you're thinking, I hope I haven't walked into that service maybe once a year where they talk about money. If you haven't, we're not talking about money. But we are talking about judgment, which is equally awkward at times and a little bit hard to hear. So I encourage you, if you are visiting, do come again next week and hear it in the context of more of the gospel. But this is also an important part that we often uh, avoid because it's a bit tricky. Let's see how we go. If Jesus was talking about it, it's worth investigating to see how it relates to us. Who loves a good backyard fire? The warmth, the light, mesmerising, seeing the wood, you know, burn up as you tell stories and hang out with friends. Biblically speaking, fires are often referred to when we're talking about judgment, flames of judgment and flames of refining and flames of God's power. And today he's referring to flames of judgment. The first verse, a different version, says, I have come to set the world on fire and how I wish it were already burning. My paraphrase, Jesus came to bring light to the world, to bring power, to bring warmth. And in doing so, he lights up everything which is not in line with God's holy ways, bringing judgment on it and how he wishes we would get with the program and be ready. Ouch. When I was writing this sermon and researching about what it meant, I took real comfort in the cross, which is a symbol, as you see, right behind me. And I thought, I had to remind myself that we were all deserving of judgment from God, all those who were separated from God. Yet Jesus bore the cross and the consequence of that when he was on the cross. So if it gets a bit uncomfortable tonight, I want you to be reminded that that cross is also like an exclamation mark of hope and a sign of his devotion for us, wanting to restore us to relationship with our Father. So verse 51 says, Do you think I came to bring peace on earth? 
No, I tell you, but division. The people at the time were so used to conflict. The Babylonians, the Assyrians, there was so much persecution and conflict and present at that time, Roman persecution and oppression. They were expecting a saviour to come that would establish peace on earth. Jesus says, no, I didn't come to bring it. He proceeds to explain that this division will cut right between the very core of our society, through the core of our homes and our families will be divided. There'll be those that follow him and those that don't. Jesus is being really realistic and honest here. He's saying that the choice to follow him is so worth it, but he warns us that not everyone will be happy about it. In a previous ministry position, I used to work with it's about 100 asylum seekers, so people that had come to Australia from the Middle East on boat. And many of them had visions of Jesus when they were in the ocean. There was one particular man, his story struck, his boat collapsed as they were um, coming across the sea towards Darwin and he was hanging onto a plank of wood. And he said he only just learnt to swim, but he was swimming, treading water for two hours. And in that time he prayed and he saw a vision of someone white, uh, wearing white and helping him. And he knew that when he got to Australia, he just sensed, I have to speak to a Christian about who this man is that had helped me. He ended up choosing to follow Jesus, recognising him as the man who helped him in the ocean when he was nearly drowning. And in choosing to follow Jesus, his family disowned him, uh, both for their own reasons of persecution back home, but also said, we are not a family who follow Jesus. Now, you might know or have heard of other stories where people, where families have been incredibly divided as people disown them when they choose to follow Christ. But perhaps closer to home, it looks a little bit different. Perhaps it's a subtle and ongoing mocking of your choice to follow Jesus. Oh, you're going to church stuff again? You've already been this month. What's with you these days? You're spending money on the church stuff again? You don't even know those people. Or maybe it's a quiet disapproval of what you believe that prevents intimacy growing, leaving you feeling deeply misunderstood and disconnected from those who matter most to you. It hurts because these are people you care about and care about you. It hurts, but it shouldn't come as a surprise. It's something we can bring to Jesus and he understands. God, this is hurting. It's a relationship that's significant to me. Would you come and invade this space? Would you come and let it be done on earth as it is in heaven? He understands because he's been there himself. Jesus urges us to get right with our Heavenly Father while there's still time. And in making a choice to put him first, it means loving him with all of our heart, all of our mind and all of our soul. And doing this puts him above any earthly affections or dear ones. Doing this comes at a cost and brings division. His warning tonight is set in love. His mercy also comes with it, that compassion that extends to each person, having experienced the same mocking and rejection, exclusion, abandonment, sadness that comes. He speaks of a heavy burden, a baptism of suffering, his time which is coming. 
And when Jesus was on earth, he would often say, my time is not yet here. And he would talk about what was to come. He was referring to the cross. He was referring to the events of Good Friday and the resurrection that was to come. It cost him everything, but it allowed us to have everything as we came to know him and experience knowing God personally. It's a choice for each of us. It's worth it. It comes at a price. And it's likely that we will experience something of that division, whether it's in your family or schools or unis, um, the division that comes from, what, you believe in God? That's ridiculous. He doesn't leave us empty-handed, though. He gives us examples of how to go through it and how to um, live that out, how to walk and, and trust him in the midst of conflict. Um, I, rather than reading scriptures at you, I'm going to, well, it's a bit of both, actually. I'm going to share an example. You would have heard Jesus says, love your enemies, pray for them, bless them, bless those who persecute you, love your enemies. Well, that's all very good to hear, but what does it look like practically? Um, a few years back, maybe even longer than that now, someone hurt me very deeply. They broke my trust and they did some really cruel things that deeply hurt my feelings. You know when someone really hurts you and you sort of get an anguish, like a knot in your stomach, and you might get a bit teary at times, and you feel like whenever you think of their name, it just hurts, and you just... I remember at the time thinking, I don't want to see that person ever again. I'm so hurt. I'd rather do not see them again because the betrayal was quite deep. Well, I was feeling a bit teared up often and I looked to the scriptures to go, God, what should I do here? This person wasn't wanting to talk or work it out. What should I do? The scriptures show forgive those. Forgive those who have wronged you. So after a while, yep, Okay, I forgive that person. Lord, I, I forgive that person. I give the role of judgment to God and I take my hands off being the one that judge who's right or wrong in this. Well, it was the right thing to do, but it didn't make me feel any different. So I was like, well, God, what's next? And the scriptures showed me, pray for them. Well, that sounds really easy, right? But it was really hard to do. Pray blessing on them. Pray for them. God, bless them. God, I hope they know good things in their life. Like it was really simple, but eventually, God, let your love be known to them and may your best come on their life. And I, I was a bit like a squeaky tire, you know. I got a bit better as I practiced. But as I practiced, as I prayed, as I did what Jesus said, to love them, to pray for them, things got a bit easier. The third step, however, was the most outrageous and the one that brought most freedom and ability to trust God in conflict. I heard him say to me, meet their needs, but do it anonymously. What? Love your enemies, bless them, meet their needs, but do it anonymously. Well, that was crazy. But I started learning things that they were in need of, and I anonymously was able to provide them with what they needed. So giving sacrificially to people who had hurt me was enormously tricky, but the joy eventually that it brought in my heart and the peace and the freedom as I trusted in God and his ways, despite what would normally happen, left me feeling so full of joy it was a miracle and I could hardly believe it myself. But following the teachings of Jesus in conflict really worked. 
Yes, choosing to stand with him brings division, but he's the one that's gone before us and empowers us to walk in freedom and love and compassion. Have you ever been at a party and things have got a bit deep in conversation? You know, ah, we're talking about that conflict again. Ah, oh, we're talking about religion or politics again. Oh, and everyone gets a bit... And then someone changes it to the weather. Gee, it was a cold this afternoon. It started warm and then it got really cold. Did you guys notice that? And you're like, light relief, we're talking about the weather again. Yes, I did notice it got colder. Oh, yeah, the wind came through. Phew. And it's usually like a light relief, right, that we've changed the topic. Well, Jesus has just been talking about judgment and division and he changes the topic to the weather. Let's see how it goes for them. Verse 59. He said to the crowd, When you see a cloud rising in the west, immediately you say, Oh, it's going to rain. And it does. And when the south wind blows, you say, Oh, it's going to be hot. And it is. Hypocrites, you know how to interpret the appearance of the earth and sky. How is it that you don't know how to interpret this present time? Why don't you judge for yourselves what is right? Burn! He, that wasn't Jesus, that was me. So just, you know, like, ouch! So Jesus is saying, you look around and you can understand the weather and understand on the surface what's going on, but you don't see what's happening and right in front of you. Paraphrase, you read the papers. You know what's going on in the world. You know what your friends are doing on social media. You're all up to it. You can read the weather, but you're not seeing or understanding what I'm doing right in front of you. I'm God, right in front of you. I've made a way for you to know God. Is anyone, is anyone here a Kath and Kim fan? It's like Jesus is saying, look at me, look at me. Look, if you haven't seen it, just ignore that bit. But, you know, have, if I hope that sticks in your head. He's like, look at me, I'm right in front of you. I'm God on earth coming to make a way for you to know him. And you're focused on where the wind's blowing and what's the Mediterranean Sea up to. For those that were listening, he says, get ready. I want you to be about my business. And he shares as he proceeds how to do this. Verse 57. He tells them a story about us being taken to court with our accuser and encouraging, encouraging us to settle the matter before we get there. Otherwise, we might end up before the judge and the judge might say we're guilty. Or worse still, the judge might give us to the officer and the officer might put us into a prison forever where we're never able to get out. He's saying here, don't miss the moment. Before you even get to the judge or the day of judgment, get right with God before you get there because you never know what's going to happen there. Make peace with God. Do what's needed to investigate. Do what you need to do, but don't miss this moment. I um, used to wash up. Well, I still wash up, but I used to wash up in this particular kitchen sink and there was always bugs near the window in front of the sink. There was a little window there. And they used to fascinate me a bit because they would just, one particular bug just would keep going for the light, you know, outside the window, but it would just keep banging its head against the glass for days on end. And 
sometimes I would let it out. Sometimes I'd be fascinated. How long is it going to take you? And I'd notice that they'd die there. So I'm like, they're just going to go at it. So I opened the window, or the door, let's say. I opened the door on this side, opened it wide, wondering, are they going to figure out that their path to freedom is like two metres squared enormous? They could get out that way. Do you think they do? No, they don't. They just keep heading for the light. And, you know, so eventually I sort of, I mean, there weren't that many bugs, but let's just say one or two and, <laughs> and let them out so that they could fly free. But I thought, isn't that a little bit like this passage where sometimes we are doing the same thing, same thing, and just so focused on this, same thing, same thing. And Jesus has opened a whole way for us to walk into freedom of knowing God and being reconciled with our Heavenly Father. In another passage, he says, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. He's the door to that life. While we're here, will we turn around and trust him and go that way? Now, as you've been listening tonight, there might be different aspects which have spoken to you. Perhaps at the beginning you thought, yeah, I know what it is to be mocked. I know what it is to have that division between loved ones or between my friends or between my family. And I hope today that you can take comfort that Jesus tells us this will happen, but he doesn't tell us and leave us stranded. He tells us with provision. He tells us as an understanding God who will be there through it with us and um, move on our behalf. Perhaps you're someone that feels like, I'd probably be more the weather person. He'd be saying, Julie, you're so focused on the weather. What about me? Look at me. You've got this society sorted, but do you see the times you're in spiritually? That God has given you this time for you to make a choice for him while there's still time. And if that's you, I ask you, what are you waiting for? We could say, uh, I'll decide on my deathbed. And I actually did that for years too. I want to live a really good and fun life. And when it looks like I'm in the last little stage of my life, I'll work out what I think about God then. And I thought like I'd discovered a loophole in the system, you know, I'll go live the best life and then I'll work it out with God when I get to a particular decade. But that's living a bit dishonestly, isn't it? If you know there's something to work out with God or to at least investigate and you're leaving it till that long. But it's also a pretty big risk because we never know when we're going to breathe our last breath. We never know even if we'll have the time to work it out when we get to wherever there is. Perhaps we think, I'll just work it out when I die. Like I'll just take my chances and we'll find out then. And presuming most of you are here tonight, so I'm presuming for a lot of you that's not the case. But Jesus spoke to that mindset as well in tonight's passage where he said, work it out while there's still time. Do everything you can to work it out with God before you get to the judge, before you get to the accuser. <coughs> Choosing Jesus has a cost, but it's worth it. If you're in a place of decision, I encourage you, even today, start somewhere. What's the next step? Is it to, to take a, a free Bible home and start reading it? Is it to pray a prayer that I once did? God, if you're real, show me. And if you can convince me you're real, I'll follow you. 
Is it to ask some friends, what is it that they believe? Or maybe in this tonight, you've, you've been prompted about, well, I know Jesus and I walk with him, but gee, I'm concerned for my friends who don't. I'm going to finish tonight in sharing a story. That was me when I first came to know Jesus. Initially, I started with incredible zeal, thinking everyone would be so thrilled to also know him. Here, read this book. I've just spent my life savings at Kurong. Here, read this book, read this book, read this book. Everyone got Christmas presents from Kurong, and no one was thrilled about it at all. In fact, they were quite turned off by my religious presence. And I realized they're really not that excited by the things I'm excited by these days. They were getting quite annoyed at me. So I prayed and I was like, God, I I really care about my loved ones. I deeply care about them, but they really don't even want to hear about you. What what should I do? And he gave me a strategy, but and I want to share that with you. It was particularly my family I was praying about. I was concerned for their eternal destinies, but I was also concerned for some of the challenges and struggles I saw them in. And I thought, if only you knew the love of God and how valuable you were to him, this would help this thing you're going through. So I set my mind and my heart to God, and I said, God, what do you want me to do? I'll do anything for my family to know you. It's my biggest heart cry, God. How do I do this? What do I do? I've already told them about you. They're sick of it. I'm praying, but it doesn't feel like anything's happening. And God... um, praise God, gave me an image of dominoes falling. And he said, one by one, your family are going to come to faith, person by person by person by person. And I want you just to focus on the first one. And he showed me that would be my brother. And this was 20 years ago now, well, actually a bit less. But anyway, he just showed me, and he gave me some strategies in how to pray for and love my brother. When I say strategies, I just mean I was asking, God, what's your heavenly plan for my brother's life? What's the best thing you've got for him? How can I be praying for him? What can I be doing to make your love real? And I remember, just as an example, it started by praying and asking, please, God, I pray for him, I pray for him. And halfway through, I felt like God saying, stop asking You've already asked. Start praising. Start praising me for what I will do and that I've heard your prayers. So it switched to that and then he gave me other steps. Anyway, one by one, those family members have been and are coming to faith in the same order that God had showed me that it would happen. God has a plan for each of our loved ones. He loves them more than us. There's an urgency for those people. And if you're feeling burdened today by your loved ones that may not know God, I encourage you to seek God. God, what is it I could do? What is it? What's your strategy? What's your heaven strategy for this earthly family that you love and I love and I'm part of? And he delights to show it to us. Okay, I'm going to finish up by praying. Heavenly Father, we hear your words today warning us of division and judgment and impressing upon us the urgency to get right with you. Thank you, Lord, that in you there is freedom and life and fullness. I pray for each person here tonight that you would help us in what that next step is to walk in that.
Thank you that while your words are sometimes confronting God, you are also real with us and help us to understand it. So, Lord, this week I pray that you would um, let your words sink into our heart and our lives and we give you permission, change us in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us. If you'd like to subscribe to this podcast, you can do so in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Just search for St. John's Diamond Creek. If you have any questions about this podcast, send us an email, questions at stjohnsdc.org.au. 